welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs split squad, one, two of three, against some guys in Marlins uniforms home for Cubs news updates and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. Leave us a five-star review and a rating so other people can find the podcast. And hey, if you're a Blue Jays fan, we're going to talk about the Blue Jays like for the rest of the baseball season into the postseason. Hopefully the Blue Jays stick around for a while. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about Javier Baez doing great things and more for at Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? It's going okay. Happy fall uh, here in Chicago. Uh, the the weather it went from 85 down to 65. And I mean, I got to wear my nice light hoodie and my little walk around Wrigley today. Sarah, you do not seem pleased by this. You're, I, you're I don't understand. Gal. I don't understand anybody who is like, oh, it's so great. It's cold like I really do not get it at all you're not the only fall person I know I don't understand I think it, I would always rather it be 85 and sunny always well, if you're at hot, all times though, period the end you if you're cold you could put on a coat if nope. you're hot you can't take off your skin That's 85 and sunny is the perfect weather it's great <laughs> it, it it's wonderful shorts are great the sun is great being in the sun is great and everybody's like, oh, it's fall. Look, there's pumpkin lattes. Like, I just, I I cannot. <laughs> I don't understand any of you. Yes, I have sweaters too. I wear them begrudgingly because I live in the tundra. Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, falls are a lot more fun when the Cubs are playing for something. Because right now, you know, it's, we lose two or three to the Rockies. We come in, we win two or three against the Marlins, which is basically the same mediocre team. Now we're going to play the mediocre Pirates. And you figure like at this point in the season, you're doing magic numbers. You're about to clinch something. And the Cubs is, is just, you know, I think it's hilarious. You called it split squad. It is. Because it is certainly this team? is. I mean, look, I, I kind of, I don't know if it's going to be the, the title of the episode when I release it. Sometimes I change them because we come up with something funnier than what I was thinking of beforehand um, during the show. And so sure. it's, if at some point Danny or I come up with a one-liner that is better than what I have on it right now, I'll definitely change it. But the title of our notes document, like our running document right now is Who Are These Guys? Because quite frankly, every time I get the alert for the Cubs lineup, I'm like, what are we doing? What is this? Like, I, look... Esteban Cruz can bunt and that's interesting and whatnot. And also like, why are we just having random, is he 30, 31? Like this is not part of the next great Cubs team. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, are we, are these auditions? Are we just running out the thread here? I mean, Seiya Suzuki is on paternity leave in Japan and just goes on the restricted list with no explanation from the team whatsoever. Like he, I, Al uh, put out a piece when he saw that at Bleed Cubby Blue speculating that he may just not play again in 2022. Doesn't that seem like a thing the Cubs front office should announce? Not a thing we're speculating on at the SB Nation Cubs site. There are two weeks of the season left. It's not like there's a game left or two. It's like you're really just like your your best player star acquisition is just going to take off the last three and a half weeks of the season and you're not going to say anything about that. Like what is this team? Nico Horner has been day to day for like 15 days now is, are we just like, we're going to avoid an IL stint and nobody wants to mess around with the 40 man roster. So we're just going to keep Nico day to day and play short. Is that the plan? Like, what, is there a plan? Or are they just like, please let it end. Please let yeah. the season end. 
Well, I think that is it. 100%. It's that 40 man uh, concern. And um, so they're just, and that is probably the deal with Nico. And the thing with Saya, I mean, I hope everything's okay. Cause I know he had a baby, but I hope everything's okay with his wife. There are not compl- complications. Sure. That's where my head went to right away. And it's not like it's any of our business either. Like if there were complications or there's something going on and he's got to stay, but it, but and maybe they don't know how it's going to go yet. Maybe they're waiting to see. Um, so, and they had, and it's more transactional, like, well, we can't put him on the IL cause he's not hurt. So we put him on restricted list, but we're not going to tell anybody why. And like, frankly, like, I don't really care if Saya plays the rest of the year, but he probably should because he's still learning all these pitchers. He's still learning this league. So hopefully he does come back and hopefully everything's okay. But I agree with you. It's like, you know, it, I don't really know any of the Marlins players either, but I know the Marlins players about as well as I know the Cubs players at this point, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, and that's an exaggeration. Of course, I know who Ian Happ is, um, but yeah, it's curious. I don't think people, even people that kind of follow at least the prospects in the minor leagues or what's going on there. I don't think they're following Kuros, you know, at all. Um, you know, Zach McKinstry's new, I guess he's just an everyday ball player on the team. Um, he's new. Um, Morel came out of nowhere. I mean, even so, even the guys we have, it's just like the the roster. If I mean, I know you're not supposed to say too much on batting averages, so I'll do OPSs. But like, I'm looking at this four to three win last night and up and down the lineup here. And you, the only guy that approaches an 800 OPS here is Ian Happ at 791. Oh, yeah. And ever and when you t- talk about a drop off. It's huge. The next guy down is Morel at 732, which is like 60 points lower. And then, and Wisdom is right there too, who hit a home run the other night. So, I mean, you like to see these guys getting their work in and stuff, but like, I have no idea anybody. Like, let me go over through this lineup last night. Kuros, Bodie, Hap, Francisco Reyes, who, and then Rivas pinch hit, Jan Gomes, Patrick Wisdom, PJ Higgins, Zach McKinstry, Christopher Morrell, uh, Michael Hermosillo. How many of those players will be in an opening day lineup next spring? God, hopefully not very many. I, you know, <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. No offense to like, look, I get it. Zach McKinstry had a big couple of weeks and was an above average hitter for like a day and a half. And, and that's great. And I'm happy for him. And also I'm looking at his page at Fangraphs. Through the season so far this year, he has put up a WRC plus of 78. He has been 22% worse than the league average hitter. His recent hot streak peaked with a 15-game rolling WRC plus of 133 and is back down to 111 as he comes back to earth. And the projections have him just slightly like maybe average for the rest of the way, like a 98 WRC plus. I mean, look, that's fine. Like, I slightly below average is where this Cubs team is right now, and Zach McKinstry fits right in. That can't be the plan. Like the plan is Zach McKinstry or Nick Madrigal. One of them will be our slightly below average second baseman. Get hyped by your season tickets now. Like what, what are people supposed to do with that? Right? Like I, Ian Happ, is Ian Happ, we going to extend Ian Happ, Ian Happ trade bait? Like what is going on? Michael Cerami has a really nice tweet out this morning looking at how Ian Happ actually put together two halves of a great season this year. He had his WRC plus has been right around 120 in the first half, right around 120 in the second half. That's a nice player. 
I think the Cubs could use a player like that. What are they doing with that? Nobody is sure. I mean, I, you know, I look at the one that really I want to hear more about from the Cubs front office that we haven't heard anything about the original list of Arizona Fall League guys had Miguel Amaya on it. And I, that was intriguing to me, right? Like Miguel Amaya, who had been hurt, who had not played for a long time while he recovered from Tommy John surgery, the Cubs catcher of the future that we're all supposed to be so very excited about in the Fall League is interesting to me and something that I am curious about and want to see more of. And then all of a sudden, the official Fall League comes out, list comes out and Miguel Amaya is not on it because he apparently rolled his ankle. And unlike Wilson Contreras, he's not going to play on that ankle. So it's one of those situations where it's like, well, do the Cubs have a catcher going to the Fall League? Do they not? Will they sign the catcher they have? Will they not? I don't know. Like nobody, I, it just, I don't, there's very little to get excited about here, Danny. Like I'm not yeah. trying to be down on everything, but who do, you want to, who do you want to see here? I want to see more of Christopher Morrell. That's the only one. And I know he has struggled a lot in the last couple of months, but frankly, let the man figure out how to hit a breaking ball and stop throwing wildly when he makes these, he makes these spectacular stops at shortstop and then he airmails the ball over Rivas's head. And I'm like, no, like Christopher Morrell I'm interested in. That's about it. Yeah, and Christopher Morell is going to have to put it together himself given this opportunity. And get, let me backtrack a little bit. You were talking about Ian Happ and Michael Cerami's tweet. And uh, it's it, the one knock on Happ has always been that he's been a very inconsistent ball player. Like he will disappear for months at a time and then come back and, you know, hit the cover off the ball. And it doesn't seem to be injury related. It's it seems to be something else, like uh, just maybe out of sync or or something, uh, the yips or or something like that. But um, he, he, this is the first time he's put together a really consistent performance, and noticeably has improved in left field. And I know you stick a lot of you know, non fielders out there in left, but. Ian Happ has done a nice job in learning the position. He's a natural, I think, second baseman. They had him in center for a while, which never really made a lot of sense. Doesn't cover that much ground, but he's played a nice left field. It's it's an above average left field, even to the point where people are talking about him winning the gold glove in left field, which is just kind of like, you know, being the prettiest person at, <laughs> at the ugly club, you know, kind of thing is what that is. But it's, um, I don't know. It's, um, I've liked Ian Happ, but as you also pointed out, he only has one year left on his contract. So what are we doing? Are we extending him? Like, are you building around that? Like Contreras is out, uh, you know, does he, I mean, here's what I think. You want to know what I think is going to happen with Contreras and the Amaya thing. Contreras is going to, accept the qualifying offer and we are going to kick this can down the road yet one more year with two guys on the bubble and it's going to get worse and they will wait till these pitching project prospects. Well, we're going to wait until Hayden Wisniewski is a Cy Young finalist. If, and, and, uh, Keegan Thompson is runner up. Um, you know, until that point, I don't see them doing anything because they they want to be assured because they're so conservative in their approach to things because they can be because they make money hand over fist, even if uh, they're bad. They're still an incredibly they're still the most profitable baseball team. They have to be in the NL Central. Oh, um, 100. 
100%. Yeah, they have to be. So they're most pro- so they if they, as long as they can just like wait till it's perfect as opposed to like tape something together like they did for a few years there. Um yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on there. Just there's like, hey, we'll just take a wait and see approach here. And by the way, come to Fan Appreciation Weekend where we want you to buy a ton of tickets. I don't even know how they got permission from the city of Chicago for this one. I was looking at the fine print on Fan Appreciation Weekend, which I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast got an email about because I'm fairly certain it went to anyone who has bought a Cubs ticket in like the last three years trying to get them to come out to watch the Cubs play check. I, I think the Reds <laughs> like the yeah, last yeah. weekend of the season, like, please come watch the Cubs play a bad Reds team. But my, my favorite uh, note here is that they're going to open Gallagher way at 1030 in the morning and drinks will be 20% off from 1030 to noon. I'm like, really, this is just like somehow the city of Chicago gave us permission to open our beer garden a little bit earlier. And we are going to discount the heck out of drinks in the hopes that you'll buy more later. So we would yeah, like you 20%. to show up at 1030 instead of 1130. And we're going to get you liquored up before the four hour game. We're really hoping you'll buy drinks for six hours. Wow. The wiggle worms class is going to be really confused. <laughs> That's there that morning. Uh, no, I, I mean, also 20% off of $10 is $8, which is still cheaper over at Nisei Lounge. Or, Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it's, but hanging out outside is fine, I guess, if it's not raining. I mean, they're doing, it's, de- it's a move of desperation, obviously, because they, you know, they're, they had this gate up. You can only go in Gallagher Way uh, if you have a ticket. And so now they're like, please, anybody come like just we were wrong about keeping you out. Come in. You know, it's like, you know, it's yeah. I will say this, though. Come to see the Bleacher Bum Band at Nisei Lounge on the final Saturday of the season on October 1st, because that is free and the beer won't be eight dollars. In fact, we have three dollar beer specials um, from our good friend Jay Westbrook. The Black Beer Baron, who has brewed Summer of 54. So talking $3 craft beers, I'm offering you for my party. The Cubs are like 20% off and you can hang out outside. You know what? Uh, Jay's beer is outstanding. That Summer of 54 beer. I'm not a huge beer drinker. That's a great, great beer. Um, It's it's a great beer. It's a great story. Uh, We we had Jay and Shakia on the show when that beer was released to talk about the beer release and, and where how the collab came about and like what it was honoring. But in case you missed that episode last season, um, that the summer of 54 was the summer that Minnie Mignoso and Ernie Banks both debuted in Chicago for their respective clubs on, on the north side and the south side. And it's got notes of grapefruit and notes of mango to celebrate both of their cultures. And it's honestly, it's just an incredible beer. I, I could drink that beer all day long. And, and Jay's a great person. So definitely um, the Nisei Lounge Bleacher Bum Band show is where it's at. That's where I will be hanging out. Karaoke. Yeah, too. that's yeah. where I will be hanging out. We'll see if any of the players show up there because as they are occasionally want to do. But to get back to these Cubs games, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm glad that the Cubs came back and pulled victory from the jaws of defeat against the Marlins to win a series that doesn't mean anything. But I was looking, you know, Danny, I, I kind of like each morning, go around and, and look at the news, making sure what's just what's going on over at Fangraphs, over at Baseball Prospectus and whatnot. There's a piece up on Fangraphs right now talking about how the season in 2022 just didn't have a lot of intensity. And I've actually got it queued up to read. I haven't read the read the piece yet. It's from one of their newer contributors. But um, I was thinking about this, and I think it might be related to something we've talked about on this podcast before, which is there's just such a gap 
between the haves and have-nots in Major League Baseball right now that you cannot have a competitive series between this Cubs team and this and the Dodgers. You cannot have a competitive series between this Marlins team and the Mets. Like there, there's no such thing as competitive baseball between the Pirates and the New York Yankees right now. It, it is an impossibility. It's like asking some like rural high school team to play in the College World Series for the weekend. Good luck, children. Have a nice day. Like there, it is such a massive competitive gap between these teams and. You know, they reported on the luxury tax threshold yesterday. Six teams are over it this year, including the Red Sox, which lol sob, the Red Sox who were terrible this year went over the luxury tax by like a million dollars. So I'm sure that's the excuse they're going to use when they send, when they're like, ah, oh, can't deal with Sander Bogarts, can't make a deal. We're going to lose our shortstop. Great job over there in Boston. But that's an aside from my Red Sox fandom. The other teams, it's like the Mets and Dodgers just like ignored the luxury tax. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, we're 90 million over. We're going to pay like a $30 million tax, whatever, run it back next year. (laughs) If you have teams that are willing to do that and the Cubs are like, we have a budget, come buy our beer for 20% off. I mean, I don't even know how they get back to contention. Like hope, (laughs) run it on hope. Well, and baseball is going to baseball. So I I looked up the Pirates numbers and they – because the Cubs have a losing record versus the Pirates this year so far, and this is the last place team in the Central. But they managed to go five and one versus the Dodgers this year, like weirdly so. So, but that's just some weird baseball anomaly. Cubs swept the Mets. I think that's a weird baseball anomaly. We were able to do things as the Mets were self destructing. You catch a team at the right time, it can go very well for you. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that's one reason is because you see you've, you're seeing non competitive baseball. Although Cubs Marlins pretty competitive. I mean, I don't know why I'm not at the Chicago Dogs game instead, but, you know, but it's still it is. Those are competitive games. But the other thing is, and this is what I what I know, we Michael Cotton beat on the Sunranto show, like beat this uh, this dead horse uh, over and over again about the fact that if you have three wild card teams and you can be a 500 team and back your way into these playoffs just for the ace, the sake of telling your fans, Oh, we made the playoffs. So come buy season tickets. Uh, And not only that, but uh, if you can back your way in, that's one thing, but also there's no reason to like put the pedal on the metal on your own team. So uh, the Mets don't go after Wilson Contreras. The Cubs can't make that trade. So like the whole thing got kind of gooped up anyway with the Juan Soto thing, but there were some teams that didn't really improve themselves all that well, you know, and they, cause they didn't have to, the Yankees actually got worse somehow. Like, like they were, we're going for it. Let's make it harder. <laughs> Let's get we rid will, of Jordan Montgomery and let the Cardinals win. We will trade our pitching depth to the Cardinals for a guy who was on the IL and whoops, there goes Luis Severino to the IL. I mean, I honestly, the Yankees, I, what are you doing? I don't know. Yeah. I, I it's hard to feel bad for the Yankees while they're, cheering on Aaron Judge trying to break Babe Ruth's home run record and all this stuff. God, Danny, I have to tell you a funny story about the Yankees home run thing. So my mom uh, watches way too many Yankees games because my dad is a Yankees fan. And she texts me yesterday and says, what home run record is Aaron Judge trying to beat? And I'm like, well, not any major league home run record. (laughs) It's a Yankees home run record. (laughs) Like, let's be clear. 
Um, yeah. And I, you know, the, the Roger Maris thing or whatever. But I'm like, I love sure. how the Yankees are characterizing this as a, I mean, and look, it's a big deal. No, no New York Yankee has ever hit more than 61 home runs. But let's be clear. This isn't like an MLB record or anything. Sammy Sosa did that for the Cubs, what, three times? <laughs> he, wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't even be close to Sammy's record if he played for the Cubs. Yeah, well, I think also you got the asterisk thing yeah. going on and the the cheating with steroids. Uh, it, you know, people are saying Aaron Judge is on the juice, but I I would doubt that they let him do something like that. Um, now Pujols, on the other hand, the other home <laughs> run record, you know, his neck just gets bigger every year. But um, yeah, I you know it's it is I guess kind of exciting to see that. I mean. I don't really care that much because like you said, it's not the record even. I mean, are steroids going to get you an extra 12 bombs a year? I don't know. Like to get the record. I, I just think it's sort of funny. Cause it's like, it's not the MLB record. It's not the NL record. It's not See, the AL. NL record for multiple clubs. Like, I mean, the Cardinals, the Giants, the like, there's lots of teams in the NL who are like, oh, we have higher records than that. I just think it's funny that Yan- the Yankees are, fans are calling it a, like, the record. I'm like, I mean, it is your record, and, and I'm happy for you. And also, like, your record is, like, what, sixth, fifth, well, something? Well, New Yorkers, <laughs> New, I mean, the Yankees are a very popular team. You have to admit that. But New Yorkers also think the world revolves around them and and that everybody's thinking about them all the time. That's what I mean, that's literally what they think. They're like, everybody is always constantly in on whatever New York's doing because it is the most important thing in the country. Now, granted, New York, great place. I lived there for 18 years. Have nothing but, well, mixed feelings about the place. But <laughs> but I but I will say this. I know this for a fact that they, they are one of the most egocentric cities on the planet. And... Um, if not the most egocentric city, maybe Paris would be a snootier city, but like where Paris is proud of like, you know, high fashion. And although New York's proud of these things too, Paris is proud and, and the fanciest food, like New Yorkers are like basically just proud that they like are ride the subways and, and kicked a rat that mo- that morning. Like that is enough to be proud of yourself. Cause I survived the day in New York city, just getting around. But so, but yeah, so I think that's, there's a lot of that in there too. A lot of egocentrism for the city, but I haven't been watching it to be honest. Like I don't really care about Aaron judge. Like I, I do think that he would be an interesting person in a Cubs uniform next year if they were deciding to do it. But like that has not been really a rumor, just more of like one of those things that a meatball fan would say, and everybody shouts him down because the Cubs would never do it. Yeah, that's uh, not a Cubs move. The Cubs don't pay $300 million. I don't even know, like, if Aaron Judge winds up getting the $300 million contract that he wants or whatever, you know, more power to the team that does that. He's putting up, like, a 10-war season, which those are pretty rare. It's like it's a great season to watch. Um, he's also been hurt a lot in his career, so I don't know if you want to pay a guy $300 million, like, commit $300 million to a guy who has not really played a full season more than one or two times. I just, I don't know. I Somebody else can pay that contract. I don't think the Cubs are going to do it. Plus he's blocked at outfield. <laughs> yeah, by Ian Happ, man. We've already got a left fielder. By Michael Hermosillo. <laughs> we, already, we, already got, we already got Ian Happ and Seiya Suzuki. We don't need, we don't need a corner outfielder. Um, no. The, let's talk about the pitching in this Marlins series really fast. And, you know, I, most of it was good. Um, 
couple Miley things I want to I want to talk about. One, Wade Miley. I Wade Miley kind of turned into a pumpkin against this Marlins team, and it was weird because I was listening to this game uh, as I was walking around, and then I, I watched part of the end of his start, and it honestly seemed like Miley was just getting frustrated, and then he would make a mistake. Like he would have a really good at bat for 85% of the at-bat against a guy and he'd get them on a down two count and then he'd just throw a mistake and it'd turn into a home run and it would get hammered. Yeah, right? and Mor- Morell had an error too that seemed to throw yep. it off as well. Yeah, the and... grand slam was unearned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I was actually, um, I was cooking on my grill and I just walked just out for a moment to flip something over and Nicole, my fiance, who, you know, was in the kitchen and I walked back in. She goes, we just got grand slammed on. I was like, yep, of course. I, I the one moment I miss in the game on the radio, just like, oh, well, I guess we'll enjoy dinner and I'll turn the game off because this one's over. You know, that was Brian De La Cruz's second career grand slam. And both of them have apparently come against the Cubs. <laughs> it's like, great. Sounds about right. Good for you, Mr. De La Cruz. Random guy who only hits grand slams against the Cubs. The other uh, piece of pitching news that I thought was intriguing that we, we should definitely keep an eye on. Drew Smiley's turn in the rotation was skipped due to shoulder soreness, shoulder tightness, shoulder something. Uh, but the, he's also not going on the IL. The Cubs don't IL anyone in the last couple of weeks of the season. They're just going to push him back to start at Wrigley, apparently. So hopefully that's not um, anything huge on the injury front. Smiley has been really good down the stretch this year. Well, let me ask you a question. So this is, these are guaranteed contracts, whether you're injured or not. So they do actually save money by not bringing somebody up and playing shorthanded, do they not? Oh, of course because, they do, yeah. yeah not very they, much money, but, but a, you know, a little bit of a minor leaguer per diem. So, you know, a couple yeah, thousand I mean, dollars. Yeah, you I mean, might, you might save 10K. Well, you bring up a minor leaguer and it's prorated, whatever the minimum is, 500,000 divided by 162. And that's still like a lot more than these guys are making. You know, if even if you're getting you know, five grand a game or something. That's more than you were making before. So, uh, you know, so if the, maybe the Cubs are like, eh, I want to pay, you know, these guys five grand a game to get up there. And so they just, I mean, they couldn't be that cheap. Could they? I mean, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's cheapness. I think it's more roster moves because they don't have a lot of space on 40 the 40 man. man. So they, the only people that they really want to pull up right now are either on the 40 man already or like people they can. That's why they put Raphael Ortega on the 60 day IL immediately. Right. Because that cleared his 40 man spot so they could call right. up someone. So so the problem is that you have a guy like Nico or you have a guy like Smiley who is definitely not a 60 day injury. Uh, and also like you. What is it possible they don't play for the rest of the season? Yeah. I, it is possible they don't play for the rest of the season. Like, and they're, those are just dead roster spots yeah. for right now while the Cubs try to figure out what they have going on uh, with the guys that are currently here. I just, I don't know. It just feels like a weird way to run out the thread here. <laughs> yeah. Run out of, ba- like have a baseball team. Like, you know, I mean, seriously, just like the job of having a baseball team. Yeah, it's like we're just going to punt on the last month and change of the season. And and we have no idea, you know, like we're, it's not even auditions for the next great Cubs team anymore. It's just like, can the season end? It's like, yeah. it's like, can we get through it? When you've had those long projects at work and you just see the end inside, you're like, make it stop. Like, it's it's like the Cubs feel that way about the regular season. And I honestly 
maybe I've forgotten this feeling. Maybe it did feel this way in 2012 and 2013 and 2014, but I don't remember feeling this way at the end of the season. I don't remember feeling like it was just like trying to limp to the finish line at the end of the season. Like it kind of felt like baseball was still being played and there were still games and roster moves and it was not competitive really, but like, not like a death march. <laughs> I don't really know what yeah, to call it. I I think that we might have selective memory on like rem- even remembering games ten years ago. That's true. Um, That's fair. Because I mean, I mean, they did like I talked to um, uh, David DeJesus about this, who was on one of those bad teams. Uh, you know about what it was like because he was the leadoff hitter. I think it was twenty. 13 was he on that team was it 2013 or 2012 one of those years yeah and so you know and he got injured one of those years and he's like you know for me and he was towards the end of his career I guess at that point he's like for me I loved leading off I loved trying to be the spark of the team I loved trying to win no matter what was happening on the you know in the in the game he's like that was just me he goes and Baker, John Baker said this too, is like there, but there were always guys that were like, well, because we're going to go out there and lose again today, you know? And, and you kind of like would understand how your brain would start thinking that, you know, just being like, well, we're going to lose a hundred this year. Um, we're not going to be shaking hands on the mound too much this year. Um, you know, and that, that would get to you at some point. The Cubs are not going to lose a hundred games this year. I believe no. that they have, they have avoided that marker. So they will, they will not, lose 100 games. Fangraphs actually has this team currently projected for 70 wins. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. We're going to take yeah, a quick break for 2012, our... by the way, just 2012. Just that. 2012 no, no, you're when good. DeJesus played for the Cubs and that that was a hundred loss. It was 61 and 101. Yeah, that was the last hundred loss season that the Cubs had, I think, right? They didn't actually lose a hundred in 2013 or 2014. They came no, close, they came close yeah. <laughs> but they didn't actually get to that magic hundred mark. Uh, we are not going to lose 100 games here, at least not yet anyway. We are going to take a quick break. For our sponsors, on the flip side, we're going to do a Blue Jays update since they're our playoff team. And then um, we're going to talk through four games between the Cubs and Pirates in Pittsburgh that I'm sure will be riveting baseball that all will want to tune into. But first, a quick break. All right, we're back. Uh, this Blue Jays team's a, team is fun, man. I, I really like them. I have been watching them a lot. They had a wild 18 to 11 game with the Philadelphia Phillies that honestly, like the Phillies looked dead early, but they kept kind of creeping back just enough that you thought something might happen. It was kind of fun. Kyle Schwarber hit his 40th home run in this game. And then yesterday snagged his eighth stolen base. I went and looked this up. You know who is not too planning this season, Danny? Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber has eight stolen bases in nine attempts. The man is the man is a champion. The man is a 40 home run god with eight stolen bases and he's only been caught stealing one time. Both of those are career highs by the way. I don't I, the Cubs let him go for nothing. I've got Yeah, I've got they nothing. they really <laughs> they screwed that they screwed that up and they screwed Kyle up as well. But I don't think a, a different hitting coach every year it was really helping matters and you know, now that we're at this totally lowly uh, status, because uh, Kyle never had a was Kyle's never been on a bad Cubs team. He's been on underperforming Cubs teams, but never a bad one. And uh, you know, it, yeah. So yeah, he's a winner. He goes to Boston. Everybody loves him there. He goes to Philadelphia. Everybody loves him there. This is a guy that you want on your team, and we did let him go for zero reasons and zero things. So yeah, it is so frustrating. And, and he's, but I am excited to see him again. I'm more excited to see Kyle back at uh, Wrigley next week 
when in the playing left field. I hope they let him play left field because I can't wait to welcome him back. And you know he's going to spend some time with the left field bleacher fans, and it's going to be beautiful, a thing of beauty. Oh, 100%. I am, these Phillies games, I am more interested in these Phillies games than anything else that the Cubs have going on for the rest of the season for the, exactly the reason you just said. I want to go hang out with our crew in the left field well and welcome Kyle Schwarber back. And I, I love Kyle Schwarber. It's the Schwarbino will always be one of my favorite players. And honestly, it's just it's pathetic that the Cubs non-tendered him over $1.5 million. They got nothing in return. 40, 40 home runs, y'all. Your NL home run leader, Kyle Schwarber, who the Cubs let walk for nothing. I will never let that team live that down. Um, the Blue Jays, by the way, have a really important four-game series starting against the Tampa Bay Rays. So the Rays are two games back of the Blue Jays. They're kind of both in that wild card race. Neither of them look like they're going to charge down the Yankees, but you never know. Um, the four games against the Rays head-to-head with a two-game lead over them, that's that's important September baseball. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm looking at the wild card standings here. It's uh, Blue Jays in the pull position now with uh, the Rays right nipping at their heels. So I guess maybe you're playing for – I mean, you're just trying to win at this point and stay in it because technically the uh, the Mariners are behind because technically the Orioles at four games back could still sneak in if somebody really melted down the Orioles played over their skis. But – they the uh, I will say this: Toronto does have three with the Orioles left, so that is something. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that AL wild card race. It's one of the more interesting races at the moment. I mean, honestly, a lot of these division races in both divisions are just kind of. I mean, they're just. It goes yeah. back to what we were saying before. Aside from the AL East, where the Mets and Braves could, are still jostling for position but the rest of these are I, the Dodgers have a 20 game lead over the Padres like what 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 are we even doing yeah. here like that's a Padres team that is trying that is spending money and trading for Juan Soto and the Dodgers are like lol 20 game lead in the division like I just this that's not fun like we have one pennant race <laughs> it's the AL the NL East excuse me everything else is wild card races I just I don't know there's something yeah there's something the- weird well, and you were supposed to have it so that more teams now more teams are getting in two more teams, but even uh, but now it's supposed to be more teams are competing for a wild card spot. That is not happening. Only at this point, Milwaukee Brewers at two and a half out are is probably doable. Baltimore Orioles at four. That's going to be tough. Yeah. At this point, I mean, you could do it. It's going to take a meltdown of the Mariners, Rays, or Blue Jays to make it happen, but and most likely would have to be the Mariners. So the, I know the Brewers fans are going to be maybe coming down to Wrigley to <laughs> to cheer for the Cubs as we play the Phillies this weekend. Um, oh, so, but the tables not, have turned. But that goes back to what you were saying. Like, oh, it's not as interesting. It doesn't seem like there's as much urgency with the season. Well, because there's no races to happen, you know, like none, like in, unless you're an NLE fan, like there's nothing going on that you're like, wow, oh, I really want to watch that to see what happens. That's, that's riveting baseball. It's just, it's, it's uncompetitive. It's, it's and, kind of ridiculous. And even then in the East. So Braves are a game behind the Mets. Well, big deal. So the Mets fall out first place. They still got a three game series against somebody. They're not the number one team. I think at this point they would get a buy, but is that even an advantageous thing? 
I well, don't think so. I don't know. I was just listening to a podcast. Um, I think it was uh, the three O show, the athletic podcast talking about whether or not that's an advantageous thing or not. And that nobody's really done the research on like whether you it's good or bad to sit out for those three games. Like if the extra rest helps you or hurts you type of thing. Um, and they, they were sort of talking about it both ways. So I don't have a, I don't have a answer definitively one way or the other, but there are certainly times where the Cubs have been like, red hot going into October where I, the last thing I wanted was days off for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it just depends on where your team is at that moment. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and how you're going to, and how you need to line it up. I think it probably also has a lot to do with your pitching, your starting pitching and what you had to do to finish your season because the Dodgers, they don't need a bye week. They're already going to be set up. They're so far ahead they're like, you know, they can do whatever they want. They can just, you know, they could put out, you know, your triple uh, uh, A lineups if they wanted to and not even play serious baseball for the rest of the season and still win the division. Right. So it doesn't even matter. Um, maybe for I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's just like it's a non thing, but it could be a thing. It's, it's either a non thing or it screws you. <laughs> like it's not I don't see any way it's not helpful is what you're trying to yeah, say yeah I don't yeah exactly I don't the only way I could see it, it would be helpful is if you are fighting for it on the last day of the season but if you're fighting for it on the last day of the season you're probably not the best team getting a bye so so it, it doesn't work yeah, you know so get, take your bye Dodgers see where it gets you <laughs> Go on, go to, go to Maui. Enjoy your break. You, you have a break coming. Enjoy it. Um, the Cubs do not have a break coming. They have four games against the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Uh, we have all of the pitchers for this, this matchup. That's a rarity on this, on this year. I think this happened like one time this year where we've had all of the pitchers actually like lined up and ready to go. It looks like it's going to be Hayden Wisniewski getting a second career start. Um, tonight against it's a Mitch Keller. I didn't even actually look. Yeah, is that it's the Mitch. it's a Mitch Keller? Yep. <laughs> then we've got uh, Assad versus Wilson, Wade Miley versus Oviedo, Adrian Sampson versus somebody named Ortiz. What do you see in these pitching matchups, Dan- Danny? Well, I'll go backwards because Luis Ortiz. First of all, there's a lot of people named Luis Ortiz, including the super in my old building. So it was hard to find out which Luis Ortiz is. Basically, like saying John Smith, you know. But this guy is uh, this Luis Ortiz is because I was looking at the the wrong one at first and I was like well this guy doesn't seem very good why would he get the call up why is he the Pittsburgh's prospect but he's he wasn't I wasn't looking at him he came up um he's the 22nd best prospect according to Baseball America for Pittsburgh which doesn't seem very good so probably like 300 overall or something right yeah so (laughs) Perhaps, but they called him uh, the most improved pitcher in the Pirates system. So uh, he did well against the Reds and he did well against the Yankees. It's why he's got a .84 ERA. And he went up there for five innings and 5.2. But he's going up against Adrian Sampson, who has been good for hashtag reasons. We don't head-scratchingly good. I don't think anybody's figured out why Adrian Sampson's been good. So that's game four. So we got all the way till Sunday. Wesneski. You got to be excited for this kid. Basically, all of our hopes as Cub fans rely on the success of Hayden Wisniewski. Um, no pressure. No, no pressure, pressure Hayden. <laughs> but he did really well against Colorado last time out, and he lost. So welcome to being a Cub. Um, that's how that's going to go for you. And um, uh, Keller, uh, Mitch Keller, we only saw him once this year. 
um, in a rare re- relief appearance because he mostly he mostly started uh, all year, and he's been really good um, in his last few games. Um, I don't know. He's put something together. Got his ERA down to four hundred three. He had a ten strikeout appearance versus Milwaukee. Actually, um, Hap owns him. Seven for 14, two home runs. So if you're getting this podcast today before the game and you gamble, uh, tell them Rocket sent you and put money on Ian Happ to get a hit, if not two. So wow. Javier Assad, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll just decide. We're, I'm going to ride this Assad train along with everybody else. Why not? It's cool that uh, he's coming from Mexico. There's like three Mexican players or with right Mexican roots on the Cubs right now. And it, I saw that, um, uh, who was it, um, that played together as kids. Did you see this story? I did not see this story, so I can't help you with it, which is unfortunate because it sounds yeah, like one of those I'll stories look I it up. Love. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just because I can't pull it out, I, I won't pull it out. But I, there's three Mexican players, Javier Saad being one of, us, one of them. I think that's pretty cool because mostly, you know, there's not a lot of players that come back from Mexico that uh, they like soccer a heck of a lot more down there. And um, so I, th- I think that's pretty cool. Um, Bryce Wilson is terrible, and we've been really good against him. So uh, play- bet Cubs game two. Didn't Wade Bryce Miles- Wilson start the 21 run game or something? Or am I misremembering that? I think he might have. I think he might have been the guy that the Cubs teed off for like seven runs in April. Yeah. With the- Bryce Wilson, we got, let's see. That was the no, high point just- of the Cubs season, by the way. The high point of the Cubs season came in the first month when they scored 21 runs against the Pirates at home. Yeah, it and wasn't then it was him. all downhill from there. It wasn't him, but we did score a lot of runs off him. We uh, we scored four, we scored three, we scored three, but we knocked him out early. Like, he's not good, is kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, and then, um, where were we? Oh, yeah. Uh, we, then, you go, then you've got uh, Ho- Johan Oviedo, and um, he's uh, actually came from the Cardinals. They I that's how they got Quintana. Him. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I knew I recognized him. So, and name. we were good against him when he was on the Cardinals. In fact, we got him to uh we beat him when he started and then he came in and blew a safe and said so we beat him again. So, Sweet. once again, bet Cubs, although Wade Miley's going out there, so, you know. Yes. He one hit the the Pirates back in May, so. Sometimes Wade Miley Wade Miley is, can be very, very good. And every now and again, he just kind of throws some cookies up there. It's like, he's trying to work so fast. He's just like, God, I'm just going to throw you this meatball. And whenever a major league player connects with that, that's dangerous. I mean, there are three teams that have losing records versus the pirates. We are embarrassingly one of them. Okay. Go Cubs. So yeah, exactly. So they are nine and seven versus the reds. They are five and one versus the Dodgers, which I mentioned earlier. And that's insane. But um, yeah, they're eight and seven versus us, and we have to beat them at least three or four, and you know put a put a stop to this because if they beat us three or four or we we split, then they will have won the season series, and that is just unacceptable. Going in to like oh, I mean it's the Pirates. This is your division. Go in there, take care of business. Uh, you're allowed to win. You, you're, you have to win the first three starts. You're allowed to lose Sunday. <laughs> 
Well, you heard it here first. Danny, Danny's calling that you have to win those first three games so that the Cubs don't have a losing record against the Pirates. I guess that gives us something to cheer for this week and weekend, at least. Uh, let's talk about some hot hitters on these teams. There are not very many of them, by the way. In fact, we'll start with the Cubs, where there are zero, zero guys who in the last five weeks have a WRC plus over 110 playing on this team. The only guys who have a WRC plus over 110 with at least 50 at bats over the last five weeks ish were Seiya Suzuki, who is on paternity leave on the restricted list in Japan. And then we have Rafael Ortega who is hurt and on the 60 day IL and, and that's it. That's the list. Ian Happ's WRC plus over that time period has been 103. He is your next best hitter. He's the only hitter who is slightly above average for the Chicago Cubs on the pirate side of the ledger. We have, we have three uh, guys who are above average hitters during this t- same time period. And they are O'Neill Cruz, who is the six foot seven phenom shortstop that the pirates have. Who's, who's apparently got multiple of the like hardest throws from a non pitcher this year in MLB. Like his arm is just ridiculous. Uh, Rodolfo Castro has a WRC plus of 135 over that same period. And somebody named Calvin Mitchell, who I've never heard of, has a WRC plus of 110. So I'm sure Calvin Mitchell is the next Cubs killer uh, who oh, is going like- to introduce <laughs> introduce himself to the Cubs at PNC Park. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, uh, the Cubs just aren't scoring runs right now. I mean, they, they put up six versus the Mets uh, last Wednesday. And other than that, you know, they they weren't scoring against Colorado. They, two, one, three, three, two, four. They haven't scored more than five runs in the last two series or more than four runs in the last two series. So you're not going to win a lot of baseball games if you're doing that. Luckily, the Pirates aren't good either. <laughs> Woo, something to cheer for. Two not good teams being not good against each other. Here's hoping that the Cubs can be not good, better Wait, <laughs> not better, than, better good, not, not good, not better, bad. not quite. Not quite as bad. <laughs> I got myself all locked up in some in, in double negatives there, and I yeah. couldn't find my way out. Danny, if you get locked up in double negatives watching these two bottom dwelling teams in the NL Central <laughs> play over the next four games, where can people find you and your takes? Well, at Sunranto on Twitter, we're doing a Twitter space today. It should be a lot of fun. You can chime in and tell us what you think. And it's your opportunity to tell me what an idiot I am <laughs> about everything. So that's a lot of fun. Those, uh, yeah, those that's Sunranto show. And Sunranto. Yeah, just follow Sunranto. Sounds like a plan. You can find me and my baseball takes at, at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find everything from the podcast and stuff that we're chatting about here at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. We'll be watching to see if the Cubs can, in fact, eke out a winning record against the lowly Pirates over the course of the 2022 season, or if they'll just play out the thread with a bunch of guys who are random guys hoping and praying that the 2022 season comes to an end. Until next time.